Let's now turn to the book of Romans, which we're mostly going to be in tonight or today. Hello. In Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. And once you find that, I would keep it open to that, by the way. But once you find Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, if you could please stand to honor the reading of God's word. And it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And so we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. We've been talking about American history this week because of, uh, you know, Independence Day and all of that. But we can look at all sorts of American history. This is uh, on my tie. This is actually uh, the Constitution, and we have the Declaration of Independence, all those things. Um, I, I like American history. I think my father would be proud to hear me say that. Uh, the fact is, is, sadly, if we look at American history, American history is tainted with slavery. It was legally legally around for nearly 100 years, not quite. But legally, slavery was in our history for nearly 100 years. That's awful, of course. I'm very glad that's not the case now, of course. That's the way it was. Sadder yet, all throughout history... We can see that there is slavery all through different nations and things, and that's so, so sad. We can see that they had slavery and still do in some areas, but there was throughout Africa and Asia and Europe and America, of course, and many, many other places, many more places. We want to get into all of it. Uh, and even now there's slavery uh, in uh, the name of a different place uh, in a different way, in, in sex trafficking, there's slavery. And uh, so slavery... And sex trafficking happened. This is a terrible, terrible, sad thing that's happening now. There's a movie that just came out this last week that took number one on Fourth of July when it came out uh, called um, The Sound of Freedom. And it's a true story. I saw the man that's based off of talking about the sex trafficking and the guy that used him to free a lot of young people. But it's happening all the time with girls and boys, how they are slaves throughout these things. And it's very terrible. It's very terrible. Throughout the Bible, we see that slavery happened. The Israelites, of course, were slaves to the uh, Egyptians uh, for over 200 years, and God freed them. The Israelites were then uh, captured by Babylon and some other places, and they were slaves then, and God freed them. Uh, God kept freeing the slavery that happened over and over again. Even the uh, Israelites had slaves. They would be slaves, even though it was a little bit different. They would be slaves for seven years, and then they set them free, and they would be like family members. They would have parts of the land. They would bring them up to follow the Lord God. They would uh, treat them like family after that. And this was even in the law of God. Uh, but today, when we're going to speak about slavery, it's going to be different than this. Okay, It's going to be different than the, the slavery we know of here in America. It's going to be different than the slavery we know of throughout history. It's going to be different than this. And I say this to you. I say this to you because the title of today's sermon is Slave. The title of today's sermon is Slave, and the fact of the matter is that each and every one of us is a slave. We're all a slave. to, In some sort, we're a slave. But I had to make all of this known before I went into the sermon, 
Because the moment we hear the word slave, people start getting a little nervous. They get nervous because automatically we go back into what we understand. We go back into the slavery that happened in America, as I said, a shame, a terrible shame. We go back to the slavery throughout all the world, a terrible shame. We go back into this horrible uh, sex trafficking, the slavery and that, and that's a terrible, terrible shame. We need to pray every day for the people, every day. For the people who've never been a slave, the people who've never gone through that, they think about it as if, well, is it as bad as we think? Yes, not to have freedom is horrible. But that's not the slavery we're talking about today. We're talking about something completely different when we talk about being a slave. So let's now go on <coughs> Romans chapter 5. As we're going to read Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. And after that, we're going to go on through chapter 6. But first, let's go through that. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 21 where it says, Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, we're talking of Adam, of course, through one man, the death and death through sin, so death has spread to all men because all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not counted when there is no law. And that doesn't mean sin didn't happen. It doesn't mean sin wasn't counted to God. It means that we didn't count it as sin because we didn't know any better. Again, that doesn't mean it wasn't sin. Moving on, verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of Adam's sin. It's a different kind of sin, but still sin. Who was a type of him, talking about the Lord, who was to come. Who we're talking about, Jesus. Verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass. Trespass means sin. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if through the trespass of one man many died, when who, excuse me, when how much more has the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many? Verse 16, the gift is not like the result that came through the one who sinned, for the judgment from one sin led to condemnation. But the free gift, which came after many trespasses, leads to justification. Verse 17, For if one man's trespass death reigned through him, then how much more will those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one Jesus Christ? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that powerful? Moving on, verse 18, Therefore, just as through the trespass of one man came condemnation for all men, so through the righteous act of the of one came justification of life for all men. For just as, as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one the many will be made righteous. Verse 20, But the law entered so that sin might increase. But were sin increased, grace abounded much more. What does it mean, law increase, or the sin increased through law? It means that when the law came up, people saw what was right and wrong, and they broke it intentionally. Isn't that horrible? People do it all the time. You see, you see, you know, you know. Maybe you've done it. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord, not you and me. But we know. We've all done it. We've broken rules before. So that verse 21. Wait, I'm going to go back up to verse 20. But the law entered so that sin might increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded much more so that, verse 21, so that just as sin reigned in death, grace might reign through righteousness 
unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to go on verse chapter 16 here in a moment, because that's mostly what we're going to study here in a moment, or we're going to talk about, I mean. There are four types of slaves that we're going to talk about today, and you're one of them. I don't know what kind of slave you are today, and I know this is a, a touchy subject. It's a touchy subject, but we're going to talk about it. Four types of slave. We're either, either a slave to sin, that is a slave to the world. I always capitalize the word world here, but we are either a slave to sin, that's number one, that's what the lost are, a slave to sin. Or even if we're saved, we can be a slave to sin. But we'll get to that in a moment. You're either a slave to sin, that's number one, or you're a slave to the law, that's legalism. In other words, pride. That's what the Judaism was about. The Jewish didn't believe Christ was the Messiah, and they, they got really caught up. That's what they were talking about with the law just there. They got so caught up into the law, and they think that God sent the law. But they were so caught up into what they should do, and there's a lot of Christians that way. Holier than thou. Look what I do. I'm better than this Christian. I'm better than that Christian. Well, whether that's true or not, by the way, it's between you and the Lord, but legalism can also be something that you're a slave to, that you're chained to. And I know, because when I was younger sometimes, unintentionally, 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 I find myself chained that what a good guy I was. And that's not good either. We could be a slave to that, to legalism, to the pride of that. And we shouldn't be that. The next kind of slavery, number three, we could be a slave to sloth, a slave to laziness, try to stay in the middle. Oh, we don't want to be too prideful. We don't want to be, be too saved. Oh, we don't want to be holy now. So we try to stay somewhere in between those Christians, the Christianity, and the lost. I just want to get along. It's a slave to sloth. I know we've known a lot of Christians that way. Maybe we are Christian that way. We just want to get along with everybody. You, you can get along with everybody without being lost-like. That doesn't mean you're lost, but it does mean that you're behaving that way, making excuses for lost mannerisms. You act lost, you talk lost. You know the old saying, quack like a duck, walk like a duck. You're probably a duck. You may not be a duck, but don't behave like a duck. Take that little, remember those little duck sounds that people use when they go hunting? <laughs> Take that out of your mouth. If you're not a duck, quit acting like it. <laughs> but the thing is, is don't be legalistic and don't be a slave to sloth and laziness. You don't need to be that kind of slave. Then what kind of slave? Well, there's one other kind of slave. The Bible talks about it over and over again. We're going to talk about it here in just a moment. A slave to righteousness. A slave to grace. A slave to God. So let's now go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 which we're going to read all the way through. And you and I both know I'll stop. <laughs> we both know that. <clears throat> this is not usually how I preach. I usually go all over the place with different verses. We may have some of that, but for the most part, as looking at this, I thought it was important. I mentioned a few of these verses last week, but I thought it's important to go through chapter 6 and see exactly what they're talking about. So it says this in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? God forbid. What shall we, we who die to sin, live any longer in it? Or excuse me, how shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Live any longer in sin. Let's see what it says. Do you not know that we who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, so shall we also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we should no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is freed from sin. Oh, that says a lot, doesn't it? We're not to be slaves to the sin anymore. We're not to be slaves to the sin anymore. I don't want to see any hands. I don't want to see any hands. So I'm talking to myself here, okay? And I say this because I certainly don't want you to be embarrassed. How many times have we gone back and gone back and gone back to things that we were once slaves to? How many times like, okay, well, God has already freed me. From grace I'm saved, and this is true. So since God has saved me, he doesn't have a problem with me watching this that I shouldn't, or talking this way that I shouldn't, or being mean to someone when I shouldn't. And God doesn't want to be a, be a sucker. He's right. doesn't want us to be a sucker, but that doesn't mean that we're to go off on people and say what we want to say. Remember, we're to be a, an example of Christ. I have suffered in these things, and I have to still watch myself or I will do it again. This is why we must daily go to Christ and let Christ come through us. Otherwise, we will go right back to that old way. It's that old sinful nature. We, we don't want it to be that way, but it is that way. Take it from a man who's been on only God knows how many diets. You start off good, and then before long, you're going back to eating the old way, to, to walking the old way, talking the old way. And before long, you was on Weight Watchers? Oh yeah, I was watching my old weight come right back on. My whole point is to say, it's the same way with sin. You're walking a new way, you're talking a new way, and then before too long, look, all the weight of sin is coming right back on you again. I'm saying we must, must, must continually go back to Christ, go back to Christ, go back to Him daily, let Him live through us. Because if we're not careful, people won't even be able to tell. Wait, are we ready to worry about what they say? What to worry about people seeing Christ in us. Yes, it's not about you, but it's about him. It's about him. Move it on here. Move it on here. I'm going to read verse, uh, verse 6 again. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we should no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is free from sin. Verse 8. Now, if we die to, with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death has no further dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. You don't have to keep getting saved. You may have to keep rededicating your life daily. But you don't have to keep getting saved. If you wake up and you feel bad because of something you thought, it's not the same as sinning, but just bring to Christ. But that doesn't mean you need to be back here at the beginning of the pulpit again. It's starting over and over and over and over again. Likewise, verse 11, Likewise, you also consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, verse 12, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. 
Do not yield your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead in your bodies to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. When it was under the law, the moment you sinned, you were going to hell, you had to bring sacrifice and all this. We're not, again, we're not talking about being reshaped again, but, but we're also not talking about making excuses for sinning. Oh, I can do anything I want. No, we're saved by Christ. But our obedience is to be obedient to Jesus. This is what it says in verse 15, we'll be slaves to righteousness. Here we go. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law? But under grace, God forbid, do you not know that to whom you yield yourselves as slaves to obey, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But thanks be to God, for you were slaves of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of teaching and which you were entrusted and having been freed from sin you became the slaves of righteousness i speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh for just as you have yielded your members as slaves to impurity and iniquity leading to more iniquity even so now yield your members as slaves to righteousness and unto holiness for when you were the slaves of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit did you have from the things of which you were now ashamed? The result of those things is death. Verse 22, But now, having been freed from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have fruit unto holiness, and the end is eternal life. Verse 23, for the way, oh, you know this one. I think your pastor said it once or thrice or many more times. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a good one. I may use that sometime. <laughs> now, I'm going to go into verse 7 and all that in just a moment. I am. I am. We're going to read a few more things. But many, many times we've been slaves to sin. Many times people have been slaves to sin before you were saved. You were slaves to sin. Even in your saved life, we've been enslaved to sin. When we first got saved, do you remember when you first got saved? You might have been an itty-bitty child. You might not have been an itty-bitty child, but an itty-bitty child of Christ. And you've been enslaved to sin because you've been enslaved to sin already. And you might have said, oh, I can't be saved because I'm still messing up. I'm still lying. I'm still cheating. I'm still whatever it might be. I was a little liar. I've said it to you before, and I was a little liar. Well, God understood. He understood what your sin might have been that you was a slave to. But God took my tongue, my tongue that was a little lying tongue, and he switched it around. He switched it around. You know, this is going to sound silly. One of the things, that, one of the last lies I told about was an action figure I saw that wasn't even out. And I told about that little action figure and my brother and them called me on that lie and that was one of the last things I lied about just recently they brought out that toy <laughs> that I lied about my brother got it for me and he says now you're not a liar anymore 
I know that sounds silly and it is, but you know what? Isn't it great that now I wouldn't lie to save my life? I won't lie. I won't lie. Not to say that I'm not tempted. I won't do it. Because greater is he who is in me than he is of the world. First John 4, 4. God can do all things through me. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 13. It can be done. We can rely on Jesus. We don't need to be a slave to sin. In fact, let's now go to Romans again. But this time we're going to go to chapter 8. I think you can kind of guess where I've spent a lot of my time this week. In the book of Romans. Right? Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. And it says this in Romans 8, 5 through 8. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnal-minded, to be carnally-minded, is death. But to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. For the carnal mind is hostile toward God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We cannot please God when we are living that way. That's why a Christian feels so guilty when they're living sinfully. I've known many who are living like the flesh, living sinfully, living trash-like. And they want to know why they don't feel so good. You know why you're not feeling good. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit doesn't tell you, good job, son. Good job, daughter. You know that. My mom and dad were so good to me. They treated me really good. But when I did something that disappointed them, I, I, I could not live comfortably. And I'd go to my dad and say, Dad, do you not, are, you, are you mad at me? He'd say, this is the worst thing. My dad would say, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. Oh, take out my heart, throw it on the floor, you know. I just want my mom and dad to be happy with me. More importantly, I want my father God to be happy with me. You know how you make the father God happy with you, folks? By following his way, his word. He wants the best for you. Oh, father God is mean. He just wants us to be obedient to him like a slave. Folks, God's not a slave owner with a whip. That's not the kind of slave owner that God is. We're his servant. That's another word for it. We are to be obedient because he wants what's best for us. He doesn't want us to be a slave to sin. And so we'd be a slave to God in the sense that we are being obedient to the law. We're being obedient to him, to his way. So the good happens to us, not the bad. That's what it means. That's what it means. Moving on from there, it says in Titus 3.3, 3, Titus 3.3, 3, it says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. That's what sinning, sinning was. That's what being a slave to sin was. Jesus himself said this in John 8, 34. In John 8, 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. We're not to be a slave to sin. Pastor, are you saying that I'm not saved if I commit sin? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let go of those chains. Let go of that chain. 
I understand. Even just a few days ago, Satan was trying to put a chain around my neck and keep me down. And finally I said, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get that chain away from my neck. You're not going to hold me any longer. Get thee behind me. And we're not to be a slave to the law. We're not to be worried about our self-works and our pride. We're not to be that way. We're not to be that way. We're not to be holier than thou. Now let's look to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 5 and 6. And we'll move on from there. Romans 5, Romans 7, 5 and 6 says this. It says in Romans 7, 5 and 6, When we were in the flesh, the passions of sin through the law work in our members to bear fruit lending, leading to death. But now we are delivered from the law, having died to things in which we were bound so that we may serve the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter of the law. And it goes on to say other things. It goes on to say in verse 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. But I did not know sin except through under the law. I would not have known coveting if the law had not said, You shall not covet. Verse 8, but sin taking opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of coveting. For apart from the law, sin is dead. Verse 9, I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Verse 10, and the, and the commandment which was intended for life proved to be death in me. For sin taking opportunity through the commandment deceived me and killed me through it. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and just and good. So the commandment isn't what's bad. The law wasn't what's bad. What people did with it was what's bad. People were worshiping the law and not the one who gave the law. We know that through the, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people. They started becoming more worshipers of themselves and not the worshiper of the one who gave the law. And that was a problem. That was a real problem. Law is still good, but it's not what saves us. It is the morality of the law that counts. That's why the moral law still counts when you get the Ten Commandments. That's moral law. And that still counts. It still counts. And we're not to be a slave to sloth. We're not to be a slave to sloth. We're not to sit in the middle and be lazy and fear to choose between the two. We're not to do that. Listen to what it says in 2 Peter 2.19. 2 Peter 2.19 Although they promised them freedom, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by that which a man is overcome, to this he is enslaved. In James 4.17, James 4.17, it says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is sin. So when people in this world, the Christians, they oftentimes say, well, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. Folks, it's sin. It's sin. And if you have Christ in you, and you do it anyway because you're trying to get along with the world, it's sin. And you're going to have to answer God for that. That's wrong. That's wrong. We should not to, we're not to do that. We should not do that. And one more, when it comes to being a slave to sloth, all of us have done it at one point in our lives, and we shouldn't. We should not be a slave to sloth. And that is 1 Peter 2.16. 1 Peter 2.16 says, Submit 
as free people, not using your freedom, oh, this is good, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. See that? Let me say it one more time. 1 Peter 2.16. And remember, Peter knows. Peter knows. He was there. He was there. He was one who denied Christ three times. He was one who tried to stay in the middle, get along on both ends. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. So now let's talk about being a slave to God. I know that sounds interesting. I know that could be misconstrued, but we'll, we're going to go back to Romans chapter 8 here in just a second. You are a slave today. You are a slave. You're going to go home and you're going to talk to people in your life and you're going to say, so what did the pastor talk about? What did that crazy, balding, beautiful pastor say today? I know that's what they have. They, they explain, they, you know, they describe me. We know that, right? We know that. And they say, what did he say today? And he said, he called me a slave. Did he see, he what? He called me a slave. And they, then he said, what kind of slave are you? Well, what kind of slave did he give you to choose from? He gave me four, four kind of slaves to choose from. He asked me if I was a slave to sin, a slave to, to pride and law. He asked me if I was a slothful slave, or he asked me if I was a righteous slave. And which one did you choose? Well, let's take a look at this. It says, what kind of slave are you today? Let's look now at Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. And I love this verse. I heard it in a song once. Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and concerning sin. He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Amen. And so I ask again, what kind of slave are you today? Which kind of slave are you? Are you a slave to sin, the world? I know you were when you were lost. Are you again today? Are you a slave to the law? In other words, are you a self-righteous slave, slave to pride and self, to legalism? Are you a slave to sloth, laziness and fear, leaving it up to the Lord God and doing nothing on your own, not even following him, just being disobedient, somewhere in the middle of the road? There are many Christians, many members of the church that will do that. I don't necessarily mean this church, but the church in general. They leave it up to all the pastors. They leave it up to all the youth leaders. They leave it up to all the people that do the work and say, ah, I'll show up every once in a while and I'll say hallelujah and leave. I'll do nothing else. And then I'll live worldly and do whatever. Are you that kind of Christian? Are you that kind of slave? Or are you a slave to righteousness? slave to grace, a slave to God. In other words, are you an obedient servant, a soldier to Jesus Christ? I'm not going to answer that for you. 
Because the unfortunate truth is, when I look back at my life, I can honestly say, at one point in my life, I can say yes to all of these. I have been a slave to sin. I have been a self-righteous slave. I have been a slothful slave. And I have been a slave to God, which I love to say I am now and I am. But there are times I still have to cut chains to other things. Maybe you're the same way. Maybe you're not. But today, if Satan is yanking chains at you and trying to get you to come back to the other ways of slavery, don't give in. Do what Jesus did. Tell him straight up, get thee behind me, Satan. You have no power over me because greater is he, Jesus Christ, who's in me than he who's of the world. 1 John 4, 4. You have Christ in you. Because you, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you can be a slave of freedom and salvation. That's you. Because it says, it says in Romans 8, 9 through 17, it says that we are free. Let me read just a little bit to you. Let me read just a little bit to you. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. Now, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, through the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we are debtors not of the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if through the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of salvation again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, the heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. We don't have to worry anymore. We don't have to worry anymore. We can be slaves to the Lord God, children of the Lord God. He is our Abba Father. Although Satan still tries to get us with chains, you don't have to be chained down by sin any longer. You're set free. Galatians 5.1 Galatians 5.1 says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. If you have anything on your heart right now that makes you believe that you are a slave to a certain type of sin, a certain type of personality that you don't want to have hanging on to you anymore, give it up today to God. You can come forward and pray. If you're watching at home, you can call me. We'll pray. Whatever it might be, pray to God. He can help you to let go of that thing. You might think that, no, 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 no. It's too strong, and I can't fight it. You're right. You can't. 
but Christ can fight it through you. It is not we who let go of those chains. It's Christ through us who cuts those chains and they can hold us no longer because we are to follow our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we close here, I'm going to read you 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, my Lord and Savior, my Father, my Abba Father, I pray to you, thank you, Lord, for setting me free from those chains, for those things that try to hold me back and bring me down throughout the days. Lord, you have given me freedom. When we listen to you, Holy Spirit, when we do not listen to the world, when we turn our eyes towards you, Lord Jesus Christ, you set us free from such things. I pray that we will continue to turn to you and be strengthened by you, that you, Lord, through us, will push away the chains of slavery of this world, and that we will be wonderful servants of you, feeling your freedom daily. In Jesus' holy name, amen.